Hey gamers, it's Jarek. Absolutely stunning news this week. We do not have a video version of this week's episode up on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash late night because we are having technical difficulties. But you should still sign up. Sign up for any tier and you'll have access to a plethora of cool shit like video versions of older episodes of the show, videos of Brian making jingles for the show, Leighton making mechanical keyboards, and importantly, you'll have access to our Discord. Your support rules. We will have a video version of this episode coming soon. But for now, enjoy the audio version of this week's show. Talking like this is fucking stupid. Are you wearing a Jeff Rosenstock shirt? I am. I am actually, yes. I the have best. to. He's great. <laughs> so I don't know who that is. Who is that? He's a great punk rock and roll musician. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's a cool guy. I only met him one time, but he's nice. <laughs> I believe that. Nausea is like up there in terms of like songs that are so fun to bop to, but also have extremely sad lyrics. Like, yes. oh, I'm in a great mood. I'm not listening to the lyrics of this song. No, no, no what? No. I don't relate. Exactly. <laughs> Fun show, too. Fun shows all around. He's a great performer. Yeah, I saw him at South by Southwest, like, years ago. That involved me nearly vomiting in the middle of the street. Oh, man. It didn't happen, but it seems like <laughs> the appropriate vibe. Yeah, absolutely. He is local. He was in New York, and now he's, well, local to me, Los Angeles. You guys are in L.A.? Yep, yeah. we're both in L.A. Hell, oh, we run this town. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wait, Lane, I want to hear, how did you almost barf in Austin? Well, sorry. Is this alcohol related? Yeah. Or is it music related? Were you spinning around and around and around? And, and <laughs> yeah. Well, listening to the song Nausea, it only felt appropriate for me to. Uh, no, I. Uh, yeah. So I was at South by Southwest the only time I went because Dream Daddy was nominated for like fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And they like flew us out and stuff, which the award ceremony was like very funny because they were clearly behind time and. It was just the most like, and the winner is Cuphead, and the winner is Cuphead, the winner is Cuphead. (laughs) And then in our category, we got beat by Doki Doki Literature Club because a visual novel that's $15 just simply cannot compete with a free visual novel that 4chan loves. Um, (laughs) But mainly they're just to like slam the open bar and get out and, you know, accept our loss is like, okay, we got to go to South by. Anyway, we'd seen like Ockerville River and then later that night, Jeff Rosenstock pretty drunk. And then a friend who shall remain nameless was like, do you want to rip on my box mod? And I was like, ha ha, hell yeah, bro. And then took a fat rip of like some banana split cotton candy, whatever the fuck. Sure. Yeah. And then nearly <laughs> yartsed in the street. Wasn't necessarily the booze. It was just like, God damn, those box mods and sickly <laughs> sweet vapes just taste mm-hmm. awful. I mean, honestly, the part I'm most impressed about is that South by Southwest paid for you to fly there because they fucking hate doing that. Yeah, they do. That's a point of pride. It was pretty tight, and I got an awesome tote bag out of it, and that's my, like, go-to, I'm walking to the store tote bag, just to Mm -hmm. flex on all the other nerds. You gotta get a good tote. (laughs) Yeah, I was at South by 2018, as if anybody gives a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So, Matt, are you an LA guy originally? Yeah, I'm from here. Well, I grew up in Downey, like, Lakewood area, which is like a suburb of Los Angeles. But yeah, I'll probably die here. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been here like literally your whole life or did you go away? Yeah, I've never spent time anywhere else. I've like traveled to a couple places here and there. 
last place I went, I was in Hawaii for like nine days. That's probably like the longest I've been somewhere else. That's fun. Good place to be for a long time. Yep, for sure. Yeah, especially as a podcaster, you know? Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> it was great. We banked stuff up too so I can go on like an actual vacation. But there was like a moment where I was like, I guess I could do one from here. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. Probably be better than <laughs> doing it at home. I'd be have my feet in the freaking water or something. <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> Do you have like a travel kit, like a gear kit you travel with ever? Not really. I, that's the thing. It would be cumbersome is the only thing yeah, yeah. that would have been a big problem. But I should get a travel kit. But the thing is, if I record a podcast on vacation, my girlfriend will kill me. She'll just be like, kill me on vacation. <laughs> well, that's the thing. <laughs> I was traveling a lot during June. Just as like an emergency, I brought a Yeti. It was like, okay, I'm not going to bring the whole fucking preamp and all that stuff. But like, yeah. if I have to do <laughs> Why it, at least wouldn't you have brought the whole preamp? <laughs> Be a fucking professional, Brian. Well, you know what? I should. But I was like, okay, I'll just have this one thing. And honestly, with just like a set of headphones and a Yeti, it wasn't bad. I was like, oh, I could like manage this and yeah. for one episode yeti's good enough you know wouldn't be too bad i'm honestly very surprised sometimes by the phone audio right like a modern iphone sounds pretty good if it's the best you can get right like it's better than i often comes out of zoom sometimes i'll just like walk through a guest just be like can you just pull up voice memo on your phone you have it on your phone it's very easy it's gonna take you truly one second yeah and just let it run yeah exactly so I wanted to ask, too, you're a UCB guy, at least in background, right? Yeah, when it's a place that exists. Right. <laughs> it currently doesn't exist That's right, at the yeah. moment, but I know that it's coming back at some point. Yeah, I'm always curious about what their machinations are. So I, I was there in New York, okay. you know, in like, I guess, late 2000s, mm -hmm. and I think they were just about to open up the other space. Wait, is that the only one that's left out there? I think the main space closed or something. I don't think there's any UCB places in New York now, oh, which really? is crazy to think about as it was the place that it started. Oh, yeah. The only standing place that exists and will exist when it reopens is the UCB Franklin Theater. Because, yeah, they had the Chelsea spot. Yep, which is the one that I did, like, everything Yes. At when I was out there. Yep. Oh, we went to a couple of shows there. Then they had the one in the East Village. That was a cool spot, sort of longer than it was wide. So like a little strange right next door to Two Boots Pizza. And then they shut that one down and they opened in Hell's Kitchen, which I don't think was for a very long time because then right. this crazy thing happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't keep up with what's open and what's closed. So I didn't really do anything out here in the LA one beyond see a couple of shows when I moved out here. But I'm always interested to talk to people about what their experiences were there yeah. and, you know, see if we had any of the same teachers or whatever. I used to work there, though, too. Oh, gotcha. I used to remember the number. I took an embarrassing amount of classes. Uh -huh. Like there was like a year where like I saw the movie Whiplash and <laughs> was like, I'm going to do that, but for improv and sketch. Oh, for improv. Uh -huh. Which was very good and cool of me. Yeah. Because if you're an employee, they gave you free classes. Right. Which were normally like three, four hundred dollars a pop. Yeah, at that time they were like four, four fifty, I think. Fuck. And then they changed the rule that there was only a certain number of classes you could take at a time if you were an employee. Because at certain points, I was taking three or four at once. I think I took like 11 classes in a year. Wait, are you the reason? Yeah, I think it's because You're of You're the me. reason they changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't go as far to say that I'm the reason that they seem to have had money problems, but I certainly <laughs> did help. <laughs> yeah. 
I love approaching it from a whiplash point of view. Like the yeah. two most harmful words in the English language are yes and. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. And uh, it was absolutely the right thing to take away from that movie too. Like, oh, like that seemed great for him. Uh -huh. This works out great. Find a domineering, abusive authority figure. Yeah. He'll make you better. <laughs> yeah. And none of my teachers were like that. Like Will Hines wasn't like that. Everyone I, I ever had there was great. Yeah. Like various degrees of like, I fit with their vibe or not or whatever, mm -hmm. but that's always going to happen. Yeah. There's going to be people that you like their philosophy or like even like performance style. Like there are some yeah. people that I had teachers that I was like, oh, I wish I would see you perform more because I think you're excellent. And then the opposite would be true sometimes too. I took so many classes. It would happen to me less because I just be like, well, I'm going to take all the classes that everybody says are the, the great ones. Yeah, like Heinz. He keeps coming up because I saw him yesterday. Oh, nice. He's great. He's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, he's amazing. Did you ever take a class with Delaney? I didn't. I didn't take one with him. I feel like all the people that I took classes with probably did start there, but then eventually came here. Like I had Julie Brister. I had all the LA people like Johnny Meeks, Alex Fernie. Uh, but I think they all started at various spots too. I had Eugene Cordero. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's great. Who's an action movie star now. Wait, is he really? Like he was in King Kong, Skull Island. He was? Yeah, he was. He was oh, one of like fuck. the wow. guys in that movie that gets like killed by a creature. Oh, that's awesome. God, that's my fucking dream. I just saw Jurassic World Dominion, which was not good. But I was like, it'd be so fun to be one of these for like a day where you just show up to work and get eaten by a dinosaur. That's like a fun day. Like that's totally great. Yeah. There's like a documentary on YouTube of a guy who was like so determined to like get shot in a movie and going through like him being so excited <laughs> as they're like rigging the squibs on him. And it's like, oh no, that's me. Yeah. That's exactly how I would be like, do it again. I want to be covered in the fake blood. Wait, wait, wait. It'd Hold be on. fun. Hold on. Is that the culmination of the documentary or is it he just wants to get shot over and over and over again as a as an extra or something? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't fully remember it. I just remember the energy and how much like I want that to be me. Is there like a trio of new Jurassic whatever movies? Yeah, there's Jurassic World, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and Jurassic World Dominion, which is the most recent one. I mean, I'm got it. Straight up impressed that you could name all those off <laughs> yeah. the top of your head. Well, I've recently rewatched all of them and my take is it's crazy that they made more than one Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> they like got it right the first time. They didn't need to yes. do this five more times, I think. I agree. And and honestly, in now look, I haven't seen it since the theaters. I didn't really like the first one that much either. Like, really? No, it was just kind of, I don't know. You mean like like original, original Jurassic World? Or Jurassic Park? Uh, Jurassic Park, yeah. Like the original 1990, what was, would that be, two or something like that? I think it was three because I didn't see it in the theaters because I was three. Right. <laughs> but I saw it in the theaters when they re-released it for an anniversary. I think they re-released it in 3D. And I saw it at the Cinerama Dome. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah, as soon as I found out it was playing there, I was like, well, I have to go see this movie there. I don't even know it's one of my favorite movies. I hadn't seen it since then, this last time I watched it. Oh, shit. And that wow. was probably like 10 years ago or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I rewatched it here at home and was like, man, that Steven Spielberg knows what the fuck he's doing. He's good. <laughs> he's really good. This is the thing. Everyone loves this movie. I haven't seen it since I was whatever I would have been in 92, 17 or something. Mm -hmm. And I think I was just being an asshole then. And like too cool for yeah. school. And probably if I watched it again now, I would love it. You might find things you like in the new ones too. Like I don't think the first Jurassic World is fully terrible. I was like, this is like a fun idea if there was only one of these. Mm -hmm. 
Well, Jimmy Buffett runs away with his two margaritas. Yes, that's that great. alone is worth the ticket price. That's really funny yeah. like, and good. <laughs> the reason I brought that up is because everybody complains, I think somewhat rightfully, about that movie where there's just like super unnecessary death of lady character who's oh, like literally yes. just doing her job and it's super overkill. And I'm like, yeah, that's shitty and weird. She didn't but, deserve it at all. <laughs> but if I was the lady, I would be so thrilled. I would just like be rewinding it like a fucking pervert. Like, yeah, yes. that's me. And for all we know, that's how she was. She could have been yeah. freaking bonking herself on the head with a giant mallet being like, kill me more, kill me more. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like I just have zero interest and hope I never see whatever the two latest Jurassic World whatevers are. I just don't want to have to see Chris Pratt's face ever again. Yes. If you're not going to see it, can I say two things about them that are sort of like mildly spoilery that please, are like stupid please. and weird? Absolutely. Because the first one is basically like the Force Awakens for Jurassic Park, where it's like the theme park is open for people to go and it's worse because there's thousands of people there. The second one is... They have to save the dinosaurs from the Jurassic World Island because the volcano that's there is no longer dormant and is going to destroy them all. So mm -hmm. that means the dinosaurs that get saved make it to the mainland and then there's an auction in the like in the you know dark seedy underground of rich people and you think <laughs> here's some of the richest people you could think of right like these are like they're like most dangerous game type sort people. of like yeah exactly yeah. who you're thinking of like sort of like I mean. Uh, white, <laughs> like rich <Yes>. people. <laughs> 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 yes, exactly. And they're bidding on dinosaurs. And you're probably thinking, okay, dinosaurs, creatures, one of the kind. Mm -hmm. Probably going hundreds of millions of dollars starting bid, right? Because you can't just of get course, a dinosaur. Dinosaurs. No, no, no. Starting they're, they're, bid yeah, on a dinosaur, $10 million. That's what? stupid. <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> That just makes no economic sense, no, right? It should have been a billion starting bid. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fucking dinosaur. Like, you shouldn't be able to get a bunch of dinosaurs cheaper than, like, a Picasso painting. No. Well, also, then you have to accept that some guy, you know, wouldn't, like, do some dick swinging and then second bid go from 10 million to 1 billion exactly. right away. Like, I want to get this dinosaurs. That's yeah. right. T-Rex, $1 billion. Yeah. Because, like, if they have the money, it's the richest people in the world. They want the dinosaur. They're going to pay top dollar for it. Is there a dinosaur tax write-off? Like, I want to know the tax situation on a dinosaur, even in the black market. I'm sure the freaking billionaires probably found a way to write it off, too. I'm, I'm sure. Well, you have to put it on your personal escort. Wildlife conservation. <laughs> <laughs> they did have to pay with giant checks, also. That's right. <laughs> yeah. They only accept giant checks for dinosaurs. <laughs> It makes sense, yeah. That's A+. plus. That's not even like the stupidest thing in that movie, believe it or not. And then, you know, they get out because that's what this third one is. Wait, so the billionaires buy the dinosaurs. And that doesn't go much farther from there because <laughs> there's like a rescue mission and all the dinosaurs get out. And then there are dinosaurs in the world, Jurassic World, right? Oh, okay. And that makes sense. Yeah. In this third one, they're sort of all over the place because other places in the world this science isn't localized to America only. Like other scientists like figured this out also. Dinosaur science is famously international. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're all over the place now. It's an animal rights issue. They're trying to figure out what to do with them and stuff. And that is in itself kind of interesting. But the movie's too dumb to like really like dwell <laughs> on that with it, interesting yeah. idea. Um, and then so it becomes like explosion shoot, people get killed kind of movie. Yep. Sorry, that was the second or the third? That then leads into the third. Too. And I feel like there's a point that carries over from the second one into the third that is maybe too much of a spoiler because it's so stupid. 
Okay, we can edit in a some sort of what would be the appropriate warning for a dinosaur spoiler? Like like a like a kind of yeah, right? that could be good. <laughs> I could even type it here in the chat, and you guys could just react to it. Actually, yes, let's do that. I love that. Yes, type the spoiler. Okay, I was going to ask about that because <laughs> I had heard about this great. specific thing. Yes. Just great. Yes. And it's uh, it's a point that they bring up in the third one and then it turns uh-huh. out to not entirely be true. Hmm. They're sort of like, yeah, never mind, actually. It's not true. Because oh. it's too dumb and they couldn't I wait. think so. I think they're yeah. sort of like, yeah, no. They Rise of skywalker did. Doesn't that <laughs> subject of this spoiler be like, no, the dinosaurs are, are like me. Let's... <laughs> that does sort of happen. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. If you're going to take them out, what about me? People can probably guess what we're saying. Yes. <laughs> I will say this about Jurassic Park. The one thing I really liked about it at the time, I was a real math guy back in the okay. day. And the fact that they had... You know, Jeff Goldblum as what's his name? Ian Malcolm. Isn't that the case? Yes. It was nice to have a mathematician slash scientist or whatever the fuck that guy was that you could point to in popular culture and be like, see, see, we're cool. Yes. Right. See, here's the sex symbol. <laughs> right. You guys weren't old enough back then, but this chaos was like a really fucking hot ticket in the early 90s. And it was like, people would just not shut up about chaos. They were like mm. bestsellers about it. And it was a whole thing. So I think that's what Michael Crichton was partially capitalizing on. But they can have this guy, Jeff Goldblum, who, you know, he's this like attractive, cool guy who's also a mathematician. It was like a point of pride. You know, I was very, very happy about But you hated that. the movie, but you were happy to take the clout. Yeah. From- 100%. That's how mathematicians work. We're just clout chasers. <laughs> In the new one, the returning cast from Jurassic Park, they return. Right. I remember seeing this in the trailer. Yeah. They all look really good. Wow. How is the CGI on them? Really high budget CGI on them? (laughs) I think they actually probably put some ping pong balls on all of them. Right. So it's like Laura Dern, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum. They're all back. Yes. Yeah. But like Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum, I think, are like 70 or something. Oh, yeah. They've got to be in their mid 70s. Sam Neill's just been on his farm, like living his best life. Just like (laughs) hanging with his sheep. He looks great. In many ways, I think Jeff Goldblum looks better now than he did like 20 or 30 years ago. Like, I think he's aged into that like cool older guy thing. I think really well. He looks like a jazz musician now in a way that he didn't earlier. I've never seen him do it. And that's like a thing that I could go do here anytime that I want. Totally. It's like a weekly thing, right? Or something? Yeah. Really? Oh, you didn't know about this? I think at the Dresden over in Los Feliz. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've never done that. I mean, I've been out here seven years now and I also have been very tempted. What are the LA like things like that? It's like see Jeff Goldblum play piano, porn star karaoke, which is in Burbank somewhere. There are these other like once a weekly things that you hear about as kind of culty stuff to do in town. Yeah, that's all fun stuff, right? That you probably end up doing once or whatever and like enjoy. But I don't know. I don't know if I have done any of that. I've never, like I haven't seen Jeff. I haven't gone to the porn star karaoke. I've even lived my life. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's especially like you live in LA and it's like, this is amazing. I don't want to leave here. But also I don't go do any of the things (laughs) that are in LA to do. I sit in my box and I go online. I was thinking about this the other day. So I used to come out here to make music videos like two or three times a year. Mm -hmm. And I'd come into town and, you know, if it wasn't a shoot day, oh, here's the whole list of things. I'm going to go to the last bookstore. You know, I'm going to go to the Tiki Tea. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that whole list of things. 
eat at like a restaurant that you've heard yeah, of. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. A restaurant I've heard of, like, or look up, you know, best taco, whatever. Like, find an LA thing, do it. And then I'd be out here for whatever, a week and have like 12 different awesome experiences. Yeah. I don't think I've done 12 things in the last year. <laughs> and they're all available. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to go places. I just don't yeah. want to go places. I've lost my desire to go places. It's hard to do more than one thing in a day now, too, though. Like, totally. If you do one thing, you're sort of like, well, that was huge. Like, that was like crazy <laughs> that I even did that. I'm yes. fucked for the day. I'm done. Yeah, like I'm done. Like, I'll go to the movies, which is like the one calculated risk that I take because I like to go have my popcorn and my yep. icy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of icy do you get? Uh, I don't go one solid flavor. I'll never do it. I'll usually go Coke and red. Mm-hmm. Ah, you're a true believer. Yeah, I go Coke and red. A connoisseur. Sometimes I'll go red or blue, but only if the Coke is not working. I love the Coke one. It's the Coke <laughs> with like a little bit of cherry. Like that yeah. is the way. That is, I am watching a film movie. Yeah. And I have my disgusting over-buttered popcorn. Well, see, I go no butter. I just get straight from the thing. I don't add additional butter because mm. I don't drink soda anymore. I am, at least I like try not to, but like an icy is like, probably drinking like six sodas at one time but it's like the one (laughs) time that i have it like at the movie it's straight up a thousand grams of sugar yeah for sure i like switched to lemonade because i was like i think the bubbles are like hurting me (laughs) (laughs) like from like the carbonation of soda this is tmi we all just met i was having like really bad like acid reflux dude it was like really bad killer and they were like you gotta stop drinking soda i was like hmm so you're saying I shouldn't drink like two sodas every single day? Uh, that's like <laughs> going to be impossible to stop. And I did. And I switched to lemonade. And then I was looking at the calories and like sugar and lemonade. I was like, this is more than a Coke. Totally. You got to make this stuff really <laughs> sweet for it to be good. Lemon on its own sucks. I mean, I drink seltzer water like nobody's business. Yes. And I've also been very curious if that's like an acid reflux thing because I do get that at time to time. And then I heard, look, I'm just going to say shit that is probably not true, but Someone's saying it's not great for your teeth either. Does that make any (laughs) sense at all? I don't know. All my teeth are crumbling. It's hard to say. (laughs) I mean, it's water. How bad can water be for your teeth? Well. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it depends on the water. You know what? Every single time I get acid reflux, I turn into a little baby. It's always when I'm getting ready to go to sleep and they're like, don't lie down. And I'm like, no, but I'm cozy and my throat hurts. And like every single time I do the frantic Google of like acid reflux, relief, how to stop. And then it's like- we'll die. (laughs) We'll die. (laughs) Am I going to have a heart attack? And then it's like, well, here are all the things you can do to help like alleviate acid reflux. And they're all like- Chew on caraway seeds. <laughs> like, I don't have that. And then it's like, stop doing things that exacerbate the problem. And then it lists all the things that I like doing. And I'm like, well, yeah. I, I already have it. I can't make it stop. Yeah. Some of the medicines are such bullshit. I think Prolisec is like this, where you're like, oh, you have to take it four days before it starts kicking in. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, go fuck you. I want this now. It's like Zyrtec yeah. is the same thing. It's like, no, I don't want a medicine that has to build up. Just like... I'm taking it for yeah, instant relief. Zyrtec Please. is like, it's more powerful the second day you take it. And I was like, okay, well, this is not helping me now. I'm having allergies now. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and I'm tired and I want to yeah. go to sleep. Oh, this was an old thing. This has stuck with me for years. The allergy thing reminded me. Do you guys ever listen to Radio Lab, the podcast? No. It's no. An old science podcast. It's very overproduced. And, you know, there's a lot of like sound effects and, you know, very, very scripted things, which is not, look, people love it. It's not my personal taste. They had this story about a guy 
a British guy, this is going to take a while, but I promise it's worth it. So this British guy has like debilitating allergies. Okay. Mm -hmm. Every spring or whatever, the guy like is in actual hell. His eyes are blowing up. Snot is just dripping down his face. It's like debilitating. And so he does a little bit of doing my own research kind of thing. Mm, And he reads something that seems to indicate, you might ask, are allergies worse now? It seems like allergies are really bad. We don't hear a lot about allergies in human history. Why is it so bad now? And one theory, which by the way, I have not vetted and can put no stock in whatsoever, is that basically the world is so clean now compared to the, the way it used to be that our bodies don't have enough shit to fight that's coming in from the outside and have turned in on themselves. Okay. And there's, you know, talk about coevolution with, you know, bacteria and other things, blah, 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 blah. So this guy's like, okay, well, I'm going to go get something that's going to like make my body fight itself. Mm-hmm. And he does some research and he thinks hookworm. I'm going to go get hookworm. It's a parasite that you get from literally stepping in shit. So (laughs) you step in human feces and this is why, by the way, when you dig like outhouses and stuff, you need a really deep hole in the ground so that the, you know, the worms don't come up. I don't like the pictures of this at all. They're they're really, really bad. Anyway. So this guy thinks, where can I go to get hookworm? (laughs) You need to go somewhere where this is like a known parasite. So for whatever reason, this guy decides Cameroon, I'm going to Cameroon. I know people get hookworm there. It's this white British guy. He flies to Cameroon in the middle of summer, like the grossest, most humid part of the year there. Goes to different villages, says, hey, where's your latrine? Takes off his shoes and socks and stomps around <laughs> in these Cameroonian latrines. First stop off the plane. First stop, just straight. Yep. <laughs> Goes around to a bunch of villages, hoping to get hookworm. Has a lovely vacation, stomping in human shit. <laughs> Comes back to England. Now it's like, it's not allergy season. Allergy season doesn't happen until the next spring. Okay. He takes a dump, sends it to a doctor. Doctor's like, you got hookworm, bud. You did it. So he knows he has it in his body. Next spring comes around. This dude is fine. No allergies. It worked. It worked. Or something worked. Then, and here's where he started to make a really bad decision. He was like, I should Hmm. sell these. So he starts to isolate the hookworms from his own shit (laughs) and ship them internationally, hoping to help other people who have allergies. Save some money on travel and then having to go step in it yourself. Because not everybody can afford to go to a hookworm destination vacation. And (laughs) And they want to step in the poop. Look, who doesn't? It's a natural human instinct. And... Somewhere in here, he's also like experimenting with different doses of hookworm. Like he checks his hookworm levels. Like <laughs> microdosing hookworms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this is going to come as a real shock to you. It turns out that when you're taking your own shit and isolating parasites from it and mailing them internationally, <laughs> governments don't love that. Sure. Is that like an actual crime? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, it's like a health crime. This guy's in The Hague. Yeah, that's right. It's international court. Okay, this was like 10 years ago I heard this episode. It stayed with me forever. I have no idea where this guy is right now. I don't know if he was brought up on charges. I don't know if his allergies came back. But that's the story of a random British guy who trod in shit. Okay, so because as you were saying this, I was waiting for the turnaround to be that like 
Next year comes no allergies. He does his shit selling business. And then... No, that's where the story stops. Like changes the air filter in his AC or something. And then that was the truth. And he's just been doing this hookworm shit for nothing. So I don't know where it ended up. How dare you tell that story and force me to now enter the search terms hookworm guy shit allergy. Look, Radio Lab hookworm guy. I'm sure they must have him in some sort of like deep underground cell in like a fluid that's keeping him (laughs) awake, but like not aging or anything just so they can like totally aware, right? Yeah, aware and just waiting for the day that they need his hookworms again. Yes, and periodically they just reach up his butt and grab a few. Yeah, just grab a couple. Whenever they need them for science. God, I hate this fucking show. I hate this show, (laughs) Brian. (laughs) Honestly, for a podcast I don't really like that much, they did have a few stories that really stuck with me. This isn't the guy, is it? This is a risky click. This is a risky (laughs) click. Yes, yes, this is the guy. This is the guy. Radio Lab's on here. We found him. Hookworm dosing and response. (laughs) Oh, my God. Why is there so much of this? By the way, I do want to be very clear that we here at Late Night. But you know what? Let's introduce the show, and then I'll give the legal disclaimer. Everybody, this is Late Night with Brian Wecht. Here we have Leighton Gray. Unfortunately. Hi. The other one who just spoke was Brian Wecht. What's Dear up? sweet mystery guest who has been oh so very patient with us through this <laughs> absolute hellscape of a conversation. Who are you? What do you do? Hi. My name is Matt Apodaca, and I uh, am a podcast producer. I produce Get Played over on Earwolf. And you hear me on Comedy Bang Bang and stuff. I do all sorts of crazy things. Hi. Yeah. Awesome. We're so psyched to have you here. We're big fans of you here. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. It's not a hellscape. I'm having the time of my life, truly. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome, dude. On Comedy Bang Bang, you're just fucking incredible. Oh, thank you. Immediately stood out. I was like, this guy rules from your first appearance. That was like a dream show to get to do. I just have always loved it. I like probably discovered it in college, like over 10 years ago now. And then working at Earwolf uh, and being like, wow, I'll probably never get to do it because I work here. Right. <laughs> and then uh, getting asked to do it was a true dream. And Scott rocks. And I'm very happy that he has me on. That's awesome, man. And you crushed it, too. You've been on Doughboys, too, right? That's right. Yeah. Those guys are the funniest and best dudes, period. I was just thinking about the last time I did it because I went to Sonic with Nick my co-host on Get Played, and he wasn't eating meat when we had Sonic, so he just ate a bun. And I was just thinking about how like how insane that was and how mad I was that I watched a grown man eat just a, a bun. Just a plain bun? Yeah. Wow. And he said it was a good bun. I mean, what plausible, but still pathological. Yeah. He was like, it was good. Exactly what you want from a hot dog bun. Sans hot dog. Right. God damn it. Yeah. I think that was worse than hearing about the hookworms, like seeing him eat the (laughs) bun. You know what? I agree. Okay, so speaking of the hookworms, what I was going to say, and I do feel legally I have to say this, is we at Late Night and both myself as a scientist, we are not endorsing this process of dosing yourself with hookworms that you get from other people's shit. So listeners, I don't care how bad your allergies are. Don't do it. Yeah. But if you do do it, let us know. I know that all listeners were chomping at the bit to go traipsing around in some latrines. Yeah. That's what our listeners love to do. For sure. There was like a few people on the dark web who had like add to cart hookworm, like just like ready to go. (laughs) Yeah. The dark web gives you prime shipping. Yeah. Okay. Here's the sections on this guy's Wikipedia page. One, pioneer. Two, businessman. Three, therapist. Four, megalomaniac? Question mark? <laughs> yes. That's my favorite one by far because it's 
absolute editorialization. Like that's like, you can't do that. Brian, can you just give me like a read of this? Oh yeah. Well, what the fuck is helminthic there? This sounds like. It's hookworm. It's hookworm. That's, it's parasites. Oh yeah. Look at that. I'll just read this whole thing. When he was interviewed by Velasquez Manoff, Lawrence had an opportunity to promote helminthic therapy through this New York Times author, but instead he responded to Velasquez Manoff's questions with a tirade. Quote, fuck you, you dilettante. Have you ever walked in someone else's <laughs> shit in the tropics? You've not even begun to grasp the subject you've chosen to write about, and your naivete is obvious in almost everything you say. You're asking the wrong questions. This is it absolutely a wow. guy who is like very aware that he's walked on purpose in other people's shit and is yeah. trying to act like it wasn't crazy. Well, and also reading this, it kind of makes it sound like he did it just so he could rub it in other people's faces. Yes. Another quote. I have learned science and scientists are absolute fucking morons. All right. If this guy hears this episode, there's no way we're not getting a cease and desist. Flame us, flame us, flame he us. He absolutely knows what a podcast is. He did one. Like he was on yeah, one. Totally, totally. That's exactly right. Yeah. One of, one of the pretty old school ones, too. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I need a biography. I just need a, a full deep dive. Make a movie. That's exactly what this guy would want, too. A movie about him. Or worse, a streaming series. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. The eight-part the series. Ten-part. Hookworm King. You need the yeah. extra two episodes to really get into his backstory. They have to make the documentary first and then adapt the documentary into a narrative series it's exactly the same thing just with actors. That's right. <laughs> yeah. What actor do we most want to hear say, fuck you, you Teleton? Have you ever walked in someone else's shit in the tropics? Like, I'd love to hear kind of a heel turn from Tom Hanks. Oh. Yeah, sort of like on his own castaway. I'm mm-hmm. thinking John Malkovich, you know? I think he Malkovich. could really put some gravy on that. Yeah. I wouldn't mind Cranston in the role. I think Cranston could bring mm. some gravitas to it. Mm-hmm. I can see him having fun with the allergy portion of it. Too, you know, sort of being like a sneezy guy. Hear me out on this. Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah. We can go young with this. Like he's really young, right? Let's go young. Let's go sexy. Yeah. And totally playing against his Spider-Man type. He's not the good guy anymore. Now he's megalomaniac, question mark. (laughs) Yes. Right. I can only hope that one day when I die, not that this guy's dead, that there will be a section in my Wikipedia page, assuming I have one that just ends in a question mark. I want it to be ambiguous. I want it on my tombstone. Musician, (laughs) husband, father, megalomaniac? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. The best thing your tombstone can do for you is like inspire the question like, oh, tell me more. What's going on here? (laughs) (laughs) Dig to find out. Yeah. (laughs) And we're talking about movies. Is there any way this guy hasn't self-financed a documentary about himself? For sure. Like he's sold the rights to like Kevin Sorbo's production company. (laughs) That's right. <laughs> well, actually, you know, there's another classic L.A. thing is the graveyards at the cemeteries. Oh, yeah. I've done that once. I saw Jaws there at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. And we were talking about it earlier. That's Stevie. He knows what the heck he's doing with behind the camera. <laughs> Jaws is good. Yes. I'll go. I'll be the first to say it. <laughs> That's a great movie. Yes, it is. I saw last podcast on the left in Hollywood mm-hmm. Forever and next wow. month. I'm seeing Father John Misty there, which... Wow, that would be great. When he plays his song, Hollywood Forever Cemetery Sings, about fucking in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. I'm just really stoked. That's going to be good. It might awaken the ghosts. (laughs) I would love that. 
<laughs> the skeletons are here and they're coming to bone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really fun in those to walk around, not to like the big famous like headstones and stuff, but to the, like the little side ones where you see like C and D list celebrities from the sixties and stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite part about those. Cause occasionally you'll see a name. You'll be like, wait, do I know? I saw it was named Peter Finch, like from uh-huh. network. I was like, oh shit, there's his grave. He's right there and he's kind Here's of buried off to the side. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> they should bury the celebrities at their stars on the Walk of Fame. That is a great <laughs> idea. Yes. Just save space. Bury them upright and just get it over with. <laughs> that would lead to just like really baller grave robberies. Like, oh, yeah. oh no, the star is missing. <laughs> I mean, that's a heist movie right there. Right. 100%. I stole Zsa Zsa Gabor's corpse. <laughs> <laughs> but then there are like fictional characters there too. So like just to keep up with how they're still doing things, they put like a Kermit in there. The fictional character thing is such bullshit. I know. And the whole process is weird because I think you have to put the money up yourself yes, to get it. I think so. And then they like vote on it. So like you apply for it. They decide whether or not you're worthy. And then you pay them like $40,000 or something. Like, it's like not a small sum of money. But it's also not as much as I would have thought, you know? I would have thought it would have been like half a million dollars or something. Yeah, dinosaur prices. That's right, small dinosaurs. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's 55 grand. I was literally just looking this up the other day. And I was like, okay, well, to someone with a lot of money, that's not a lot of money, right? Like It's like expensive car or even like, I guess, mid-priced car now. Right. And I would have to think, too, that, like, certain studios do that as promotion for the project or whatever. So, like, I would guess that AMC financed Bob Odenkirk's star. That's right. Like, as for promo for the final season of the series, right? That would make sense. But then somebody like James Hong, who also recently just got one, who's been in, like, 900 movies or something, probably had to do some fundraising for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Did you read the Bob Odenkirk book? I loved it. Yeah, I read that. There was a book? I just finished it, yeah. It's a great, great book. His memoir. Yeah, it's pretty Comedy, great. comedy, oh. comedy, drama. Yeah, it's yep. it's great. He also does the audiobook. Oh, I'm so excited to read that. I'm kind of bummed I read it. I thought it was a little clunky written. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I bet Spoken This is just amazing. Yeah. And you want to hear his like, God damn it. Yeah. God damn it. He's just the best. I have really like admired him for like a long time. So like reading that book was just like a no brainer to me. And I just tore through it, which is rare for me. I don't tear through a lot of books. Yeah. You know what? I I read it. Yeah. It was like three days on it. And it's so interesting watching him describe the Mr. Show sketches you already know by heart, Mm -hmm. which are clearly done for an audience of people who have no idea what the hell this is. Right. Yeah. Like them explaining the story of Everest. I was like, well, yeah, like I know this sketch. (laughs) Yes. Bob. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not quite as funny, let's say written out in two paragraphs. Right. (laughs) On the page. The Beastie Boys did this like weird thing here. Well, they did it in New York too, I think, but they did like a show that they then filmed for Apple TV plus that Spike Jones directed for their book, the Beastie Boys story. Mm-hmm. And it was like a sketch show. They like read parts from the really? book. They had like comedy sketches like in it and stuff. But then there's a part in the book where they're, you know, guys in their fifties and like there was, there's a part where like ad rock is like reading lyrics that they wrote. And he's like, not doing them the way you would think he's, he's just doing them. He's like sort of like reading them as they're like sort of just like straightly written. And it was very funny because he was like, yeah, I was 
22 years old. This was cool to say then. Now it sucks hearing me say this. It was really funny. <laughs> I love those guys. I was just rewatching the Fight for Your Right Revisited thing they yes, did. That was really great. It's so great. And it's so interesting and weird. It goes on a little long towards the end there, but just yes. watching all of their comedy friends or whoever and random other people show up in this thing. Do you know what we're talking about, Layden? Nope. So when Hot Sauce Committee Part 2 came out... Yes. And there's no Part 1. That's right. It's just Part 2. Did they have an actual video video for Make Some Noise or was this it? I think this was it. Yeah. It was just sort of like a... It's like 10 minutes long, right? It's like a short film, basically. It's like half an hour long. Oh, yeah. It is long. It's really long. So basically, it picks up at the end of Fight for Your Right to Party. But because they're all much older now, you know, that was 40 years ago or whatever, I guess 30 at that point, they got Danny McBride, Seth Rogen, and Elijah Wood to play themselves. And then they just walk through the streets of New York and every comedy person you love shows up and interacts with them in some way. And then they meet their current selves who is it? It's uh, John C. Riley. John C. Riley and Will Ferrell. Yes. Wow. And the actual Beastie Boys show up as cops. <laughs> I think I've maybe seen clips of this somewhere. At some point, David Cross walks through in like full later hosen with like this weird, very Teutonic kind of curly hair and glasses sort of thing. It's honestly pretty great. At the end, there's like there's some kind of dance sequence slash fight that goes on for like six minutes, and you can just skip. <laughs> Speaking of things you want on your tombstone or Wikipedia, dance sequence slash fight. I want that to be a subheader yeah. for me. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Are you a, a big Beastie Boys fan? I am. I saw them. I was lucky to see them. What album was this? This would have been To the Five Burrows. So it was like 2003, 2004. I was in middle school and my mom took me because my mom's from New York. My mom's from the Bronx and is like basically like their age. So grew up like listening yeah. to them and being a fan of them, like when they were like the same young, like 20 somethings or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just through osmosis, I liked all the music my mom liked. So like she took me to go see them on a school night. Oh, that's awesome. At the Long Beach Arena. Nice. And I remember the opening acts were Talib Kweli. Really? Who's great. Yes. And a bunch of dogs doing tricks. They had like. <laughs> They had like a guy like that had trained dogs like doing flips and like running through rings and stuff. It was one of the better opening acts I've seen. It, everybody <laughs> loved it. It was like worth getting there early for. Like it was great. One thing I remember very vividly, that was not my first concert. I had been to concerts before, but at this concert, this was the first time I'd smelled marijuana. Mm -hmm. And these guys right in front of me were starting to like light up. And my mom was like, I got to tell these guys to not do this because she's a parent and, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're a parent, you're uncool. <laughs> she was like, hey, my kid's here. Can you guys not do that? And they like turned around looking like they were maybe going to be mad. But then they looked at me and they saw that I was 12 or 13. And they were like, yeah, you're right. This is like fucked up of us. And then they like didn't do it. <laughs> oh, my God. What an unusual interaction. Wow. I would imagine if it was like drinks instead, it would have been meaner. People that want to smoke weed are usually pretty cool. Pretty chill <laughs> I don't about know. it. Yeah. yeah. But I'm glad I got to see them because now you can't. Well, I saw them for that book thing because that felt like a 
special thing for me. My mom was supposed to go with me to that, and she like hurt her back to the point where she oh, no. couldn't go. Oh, that's a bummer. And she was very sad because she was like, when are you going to see them again? And I was like, I know. She's like, but you should go still without me. And I was like, okay. Yeah, that's like full circle. Yeah. yeah. Was that your first concert? You know what? My first concert was in sync. Oh, wow. I saw okay. in sync when I was like seven or eight years old. Uh -huh. um, and that was because everybody in the world was excited about NSYNC. Everybody loved NSYNC at the time. Mm -hmm. And they were all over the Disney Channel. My aunt, this is like for the listeners, I guess, but you used to have to go to a physical place to get a concert ticket. Yes, absolutely. Right? <laughs> so in my hometown in Downey, the place to do that was at a blockbuster. There was like a blockbuster music in my hometown. That was They yep. did movies, but they also had music there. And you would go to a counter and buy concert tickets. And oh, yeah. they were selling NSYNC tickets. And my aunt went there and it was sold out or something. But my aunt was like, I'm just going to hang around. So you just never know. I'm just going to yeah. hang around. And they're calling people's names to come get their tickets or whatever. And they called this person's name like five or six times. She said, this is all story I heard from my uh -huh. aunt. <laughs> uh -huh. And long story short, she got tickets by saying that she was somebody else uh, <laughs> who was not there to claim their ticket. Uh -huh. But you still had to pay because all sure. this was analog. So she paid for the tickets, but lied about her identity. Um, and we <laughs> went. And I don't remember a second of it because I probably fell asleep because I was seven years old and it was at nighttime. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. And then my next concert after that was Blink-182 when I was 11. Oh, wow. The only thing that's remarkable about this is that the concert was supposed to be on September 12, 2001. Um, oh, and they obviously moved it a week. And... I don't think handled it appropriately, given now uh, the hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to pitch you guys an idea. The Beastie Boys things reminded me. And the dogs. All right, here's the idea. Do you know that the beetle barkers are? No. Okay. What's hold that? on one second. Oh, wait. Don't look <laughs> it up. I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you a link. Hold on. Okay. I'm back okay. at zero, zero. I'm also at zero. Okay. Three, two, one, play. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking this would be, but I'm not shocked that it's this. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most listenable track on the album, too. Who's that for? Uh, that's a great question. I believe it's for absolutely nobody, yet I love it. It's kind of misleading, too, because at some point they get chicken and cat sounds. Breaks the paradigm. No. It really does. So it's general animals. But my point was... So if we have the beetle barkers, we can have the beastie barkers, where we do exactly this for Beastie Boys songs. It'll be a hit. It's going to take off. I feel like you would at least be a little better. <laughs> it's hard to be worse yeah. than what I just said. <laughs> There's nowhere to go but up with this premise, for sure. <laughs> if they at least got some variation of the MIDI pulling from <laughs> more yes. than one clip of the same dog barking. This was made in the 60s. There's no MIDI when this, I mean, this is from the, I think the 60s, you know, during the heyday of Beatlemania. Normally you would say that and I would be like, oh, they were doing the best with what they had. This is still shit. Like, yeah. I see the technical limitations and it's still shit. They might have rushed out this album. <laughs> it's either this one or the Jingle Bells that's barking dogs. They got in trouble because there was an unfounded rumor that they were electrocuting the dogs to get them to bark. <laughs> oh, see, I was going to ask a joke question. How did they get the dogs to sing like that? But yeah. that's how. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. And they were like, no, it's, you know, sampled or whatever. Well, Brian, you know what the better iteration on this is? Something that I What's introduced that? to you, I Please believe on a mini-sode, uh, the famous Beatles hit, It's Okay to Leave Your Dog in a Hot Car. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Matt, have you seen that video? I have not seen it. This is legitimately great. I'm ready. I'm also ready. Okay, yeah, this is good. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, the whole thing is great, and it's mercifully short. I think more sketches would benefit from being 53 seconds long. That's 100%. Good. Yeah. What I like the most about this is there is zero intro. It's just like, yeah, yeah. right this is in. the Beatles. Right in. It's okay to leave your dog at all. <laughs> if this was like a TV show, perhaps, that ran weekly and had sketches on it or something. <laughs> um, yeah. It would have a long prelude being like... So recently, a new undiscovered single from the yes. Beatles that was banned in blah, blah, blah. And the song would be about 30 seconds of it, and then it would be like 10 minutes of them talking, doing bad impressions of the Beatles. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's so good that a show like this doesn't exist, because that would really yes. suck. And you know what would happen? My mom would send it to me and say, this is the funniest thing she's ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> We've spoken on this show several times about how like the limitations of Vine, for example, which certainly wasn't the pinnacle of comedy, but at least mm -hmm. seven seconds like forced them to keep it brief. Where now with TikTok, why is this two minutes? No. Yeah. Like I don't use TikTok, but theoretically, if I did, the ones that I do see, it's like if this was 50 seconds, if it was 53 perfect seconds, it would be great, but you're dragging it out and you need to stop. Yes. Obviously, Vine wasn't the height of comedy, but... I feel like there are Vine compilations that I've laughed harder at than I have at like any movie. 100%. And I don't <laughs> yeah, know what yeah. it is. They had something. They did it. Yep. Also, with those compilations, it's seven seconds. So there's so many in there that like yes. it's rapid fire, all killer, no filler. Even if there's one that sucks, it's seven seconds. It's over. You're like, you don't even remember it by the time you got to the next one. It's great. Yeah. We solved it. We solved comedy. <laughs> <laughs> we solved comedy indeed. I think this is a good time to move on to some segments on the show. Oh, sounds great. So, Leighton, with your kind permission, I'm going to move on to our, what? Why are you smiling at me? Like I'm that? smiling because I'm so happy to give you my kind permission, as I do every <laughs> week. Okay, great. I just really wish you wouldn't question it when I show joy when you're doing something that you enjoy, and then I smile to let you know that I consent to you enjoying your thing that you're going to do. I just Look, I I'll find it weird <laughs> that you're going to question me every time I'm like, go ahead. I'm going to own up to this one, that this one is on me. I thought I detected an undercurrent of something there that wasn't there, and There's I do no apologize. There's never been an undercurrent. I admit that, and I concede, let me just say. Thank you. Our first segment is our <laughs> pop culture record. What? Okay, now there's definitely something under this one. Or there's nothing, Brian. I love you, and I'm your friend. And mm -hmm. I'm having a great time with our new friend, Matt. Listen, we've got 125 episodes of me just laughing it up during this mm -hmm. part of the show. Yep, that's, that's your, your middle in, name is, is Joy and the beauty <laughs> The emotional peak for every episode yep. of Late Night. I am mm -hmm. happiest at the three quarters mark in which you That's start right. introducing segments. Historically, there is no evidence in our backlog, let alone not hours of it, that would contradict what I'm currently saying. <laughs> I agree with that. Have fun. I will. So our first <laughs> segment is our pop culture recommendation segment. I'm not going to comment on that laugh because that one actually seemed genuine. <laughs> it's our pop culture recommendation segment where you get to talk about a book, a movie 
podcast, video game, whatever it is, something that you've been enjoying recently. Now, the name of the segment is What's Poppin'? And it does have a theme song, but we will not be playing the song for you right now. We add it in post, so you're not going to hear it now. But listeners will hear it when they hear the podcast. So they've heard it. They have not heard it at this point, but they will hear it right now. What's poppin'? What's poppin'? Great. That was the What's Poppin' theme song. I guess I'm gonna have to tune in to hear that theme song. I gotta, I gotta know what's going on here. What would you think your reaction to the theme song would be had you heard it? Probably would have lost my shit. I probably would have went nuts. Of course you would have, because it's great, because we're professionals. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're that. goddamn right we are, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> what's poppin'? <laughs> what's poppin' for me this week is, uh, it's very rare that I recommend a hip-hop album on this show. But I'm going to recommend one uh, this week. It's an old favorite of mine. I've been revisiting just over the last week or so. The album is Temporary Forever by Bus Driver, which is a a 2002 kind of underground indie hip-hop album. by. He's an L.A. rapper, Bus Driver, and it's got one song you might know called Imaginary Places, which samples, like I think it's a Bach flute thing. I've seen that it was in Tony Hawk's Underground. So I, I had <laughs> certainly heard it at some point. The Imaginary Places? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what he does is he matches cadence with the flute. I'm just wow. here to hold your hand when you die. And it's one of those hip-hop albums where it's just fucking weird in all the best ways. Like this guy is a complete nerd. You know, his really strong wordplay. The music is awesome. I can't recommend it highly enough. He's one of my favorite, like, underground rappers. And he's not particularly well-known. You know, if you look up his Wikipedia page, he's done a ton of stuff. But he hasn't crossed over to that, like, next level of success. But I have a real soft spot for, you know, weird music nerds who become rappers. And that's totally what this guy is. So check it out. It's a great album start to finish. Hell yeah. I have it in a tab here. This is what happens when I get a recommendation. I open a tab, I write it down so I can investigate later. He has a really great soundbite in the one track I was talking about where it's very fast kind of verse and then the bridge really slows down and becomes kind of very expansive. And at one point he goes, kids, if you really want to piss off your parents, show interest in the arts. <laughs> that rocks. I, yeah, it's, he's fucking great. I love him. Put that on my tombstone. I know, right? Yeah. All right, Matt, what's popping? Me, what's popping? I've been watching so much TV lately. God, we watched all of Barry. I had not seen a second of Barry recently, oh. which is, yeah, I have since now seen. And it's as good as everybody said it was. And I don't know what yep. I was waiting for. We talk about it a lot on this show. We did like weekly minisodes with the episodes coming up. Man, what a show and what a performance from everybody, but particularly Henry Winkler is amazing. Oh my God, right? He's incredible. It was interesting to learn that he was funny after seeing him on like Happy Days, like to see that he was funny in a way that changed and like, you know, sort of like the modern sensibility of comedy. Yes. And then to see him continue to do that and then be like just an incredible dramatic actor too. What a career. I love it. Do you listen to a good one, the podcast? I don't, but I produce Andy Richter's show, Three Questions, and oh, nice. uh, he was on there and I got to meet him and he looked me right in my eyes and said, it's nice to see you. And it uh, like <laughs> melted my heart. I, I loved it. That's amazing. Wow. They have a recent-ish episode of Good One where it's basically just a recording of him doing an acting class at some festival where people are getting up and doing scenes and you can yeah. hear him giving feedback. And he's just like, 
the absolute best. Brian, was it you or Jory who just no context sent me a tweet of his where he's just holding a fish? It wasn't me, but he's been doing that a lot. He's been tweeting about fishing a lot. (laughs) He was on a nice fishing vacation recently, it looked like. And you know what? Go off, King. I love that. I love that. He deserves it. He caught some real big ones, too. Very proud of himself. Yeah, Yeah. he got got his hands around some big boys for sure. That was great. That's what we love to see. But that won't be my What's Poppin'. My What's Poppin', I think, is one of the better shows I've watched recently is The Bear. I loved The Bear. Was it good? Yeah, I've been curious The about Bear it. is on FX and FX on Hulu. It was just like something that I couldn't stop watching. It has a very like frenetic pace. If you've ever worked in like a kitchen, like a busy kitchen, I was never like a line cook or anything. I was never like on an actual line, but I used to run food at the improv over on Melrose. And oh, wow. that yeah. was consistently busy every night. At 8 p.m. and 10 p.m., you could bet on a rush, especially on the weekends when they have like their big headliners coming through. And those were some really hectic nights. And like, I don't miss that at all. But something about watching the show was like, get me back on the line. I was like, I I need to help. (laughs) My God. (laughs) It's about a sandwich shop in Chicago, like an Italian beef place in Chicago. And performances are great. Iowa Debris is on it, and she plays a sous chef on the show. And everybody is rightly learning that she's the best. And Mm -hmm. I hope they put her in everything now because she's very good. She's great on the show. Everybody's great on the show. And it it also makes me want an Italian beef sandwich so goddamn bad. They're the best. There's a place, Gino's East, does Italian beef sandwiches in town. I've never been there. I'm going this weekend. I like need one. <laughs> I've eaten their pizzas there, not their sandwiches. But yeah, it's a, it's a solid place. I'm curious, were you doing food at the improv? Like, were you there because it was the improv? Like, was it a comedy thing? Or was it just kind of a job that happened to be at a comedy place? It was sort of both, right? Because like my friend, Ify Wadiwe, who I don't know if you guys know. Oh, sure. Yeah, he rules. He's been one of my best friends since high school. I've known him since I was 14 oh, years no old. Oh, no way. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. I, I love him. He's, uh, I mean, the coolest, strongest man I've ever met. <laughs> he was working there at the door, and I was working at Albertson's, a grocery store. And he was like, you should come work here because, like, you're interested in comedy and you want to do comedy and stuff. And like, you'd be around it every single night. And I started working there. I worked there for like almost five years and I did every single job there that wasn't locking the place up at the end of the night. Wow. I worked the door. I was a food runner. I served. I was a bartender. I ran the board, like the lights and stuff. I did all of it. And I really liked working there, but I needed to then go make money somewhere else. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's not a sustainable lifestyle for me because I was also then interning at UCB, working at UCB. Also, at, at one point, I was working as like an intern on a web show. So I was working three jobs at one time and coming home at 3 a.m. every single night, oh working at the improv, not living in town, living in Lakewood, oh so my commuting God, really? 30 miles oh, oh. both ways, driving 60 miles a day. And I was 24, though. So I was like able to operate on four hours of sleep then, if I tried to do that now, I would be dead. I would die. Yeah, yes, it no, would not totally. work. Yes. Dude, I am actively 24 and I could not possibly do four hours of sleep. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> it was hard. It was really, really hard. But it was the lies you tell yourself, right? Of like, this is fun and good. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm having fun. I'm not tired. I have to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it was really fun. I liked everybody I worked with there. There was obviously some comedians that I thought were pieces of shit. And it's a classic space too, right? I've talked about this on Get Played, but they shot the Adam Sandler movie, Sandy Wexler there, and oh, they yeah. made it look like it did in the 90s. And we Amazing. all got to be like extras in the movie, and I got to like be an extra in the Sandy Wexler movie and just hang out all day. Oh my God. It's amazing. It was great. And it was wild. It was really, really cool. And I got to hear Sandler do his laugh that he does in that movie, which was very shocking to hear the first time. <laughs> it was really a fun day. I liked working there overall, but... You can't be there forever, I think. No. There's like a time in your life when it's the right move to do that. And it's for a couple hours in your early 20s. Well, and it was also like, <laughs> oh, I don't really know if I love stand-up anymore. Because I've seen the same stand-ups every single night, like right. doing like jokes that were like, like racist or like sexist sure. or whatever, and, or just like bad. And just like, I don't know if this art form should be around much longer. <laughs> like, <laughs> Total. I came up exclusively through improv. Yeah. And then started doing a few like stand up things here and there and character. And I was like, is this what these people are like? Yeah. Back to, it's like so depressing. And it was the opposite of the kind of camaraderie of an improv green room. Yes. The last thing I'll say about working in that kitchen, though, was that they fed me and I got to eat food there when I was working, basically. Nice. That was huge for me because I was broke and hungry. Yeah. It was like mac and cheese every single night, but it was like great. It was really good. It's free. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Buffalo chicken tenders (laughs) every night. Come on. Forget about it. I think I've had the buffalo chicken tenders at the improv. Yeah. (laughs) Mac and cheese, no matter where you are in your life. It just hits. Pretty good, yes. When you need it, it is there. There is mac and cheese in my fridge at this moment. Mm. Mm. Leighton, is that what's popping for you this week, or is it something else? What's popping is the question I'm I'm, I'm, I'm asking. Okay, yes. Oh, okay. I thought you were, like, making fun. I was doing a segue, a professional segue. I thought thought that what's popping this week was our most civil yet, and now it's feeling tenuous. That's entirely on you. I have nothing to do with that. How, Brian? Yes, I'm listening. You're my friend. Yes, I love you. And what's popping for me is something that I have recommended on this channel, on this channel, on this show before, Uh, uh, which is like, comment, and subscribe, of course. (laughs) Smash that like button. (laughs) Yeah, you better. For all three of you who listen to this show on YouTube, thank you. Please do smash that motherfucking like button. Should we stop uploading the... I saw someone else said they were going to stop uploading episodes to YouTube, and I'm kind of curious if we should. Oh, but we'll lose the most valuable feedback of all, the YouTube comment Comment section. section. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I don't read, and I'm definitely not reading after saying that. Sorry, guys. It's where tastemakers are born. Yeah. That's a great uh, t-shirt idea. YouTube comments <laughs> where tastemakers are born. <laughs> or angels fear to tread. <laughs> it needs to be in like sort of like those, you know, targeted shirt style things where it's like 20 different fonts. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, what's popping for me is a YouTube channel I've recommended before. Matt Orchard Crime and Society just dropped a new absolute banger of a video. How Chandler Halderson didn't come close to getting away with murder. So the Chandler Halderson case has been pretty hot in the crime circles of YouTube because basically the cliff notes is this guy was 
a quote-unquote college student who was a compulsive liar who was living with his parents. And he lied about having an internship at SpaceX. He lied about having like a head injury that prevented him from moving to Florida to continue working with SpaceX. He lied about his degree, like all this stuff. And then his parents figure it out. So he kills his parents and dismembers them and gets rid of them and burns their heads in their fireplace. And that's Chandler Halderson. And he thought he was going to get away with it. But the problem is that he is dumb as fuck. And there is so much evidence. And like, there's literally a recording of the phone call of his dad figuring it out which is what this like mini documentary starts with is that guy calling the school and being like, can I please get transcripts? I've been trying so hard to get transcripts. Like, Mm. how about this internship? And the guy's like, no, no, it would show if that had happened here. And like, you just hear the dad like slowly accepting it as he's like, oh, okay, that's all. Oh my God. And that was the last time the father was ever recorded before he died. Fuck. Anyway, so Matt Orchard, as always, with every single one of his videos, they're like the most highly produced true crime and also stuff that's not crime. Like there's a really great Anthony Weiner documentary that's about the rise and fall of Anthony Weiner. And it's just like fabulous. And Matt Orchard has the most soothing, like New Zealand, very deadpan. Anyway, but this one is great. There's like interrogation room footage. There's like opening arguments footage and like really just well condensed stuff. Like I'll watch a full hours upon hours upon hours of trials. And so it's also nice to see somebody chop it up in a really digestible way so I can force other people to watch trial shit, but not be like, here's 20 hours. Anyway, Matt Orchard Crime and Society, please come on our show. Please. That's what's (laughs) popping for me. My mom loves trial stuff like we'll just watch a full trial and then send me like a trial like a long long trial on youtube it's like you gotta check this thing out i was like this thing is nine hours long <laughs> what are you doing i'm gonna send her this so she can get into this and yeah enjoy digestible content remember when court tv was a thing i don't know if oh, that's sure. still a thing now but she would just like have it on and oh watch God. like yeah. a live courtroom doesn't matter what it was for was she like into Nancy Grace? She was. She was very into Nancy Grace. Casey Anthony. Casey Anthony. She watched that and she was, you know, very dialed into the goings on in that trial and Dude, things like that. Dude, my mom every day with Casey Anthony for yeah. years. Yes. Really yes. normal when you're like a small child and your mom is like obsessed with other small girls getting murdered. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, my mom was very into Snapped too. And I only have three brothers and my stepdad. And we were all just like, um, <laughs> so like, she's going to kill us, right? <laughs> we better act right. Uh, That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, the pervasiveness of crimery. I don't have any thoughts on that. Anyway, that's what right. was popping. Woo! I think they got to knock it off with this crime. <laughs> <laughs> we have arrived at our final segment, which is three parts gratitude exercise and one part petty grousing. And the name of the segment is Peaches and Lemons. And the theme song for this segment goes right here. Peaches and Lemons. Peaches and lemons. So we'll each start with a lemon, which is a thing that is a minor bummer, annoyance, what have you. Mm-hmm. So, what have you, Brian, specifically? Well, I, la- I think this is, <laughs> this is the same one I did last week, only there's been an extension. So, <laughs> about six months ago, Spotify decided to just start taking down stand-up albums. Do you know about this, Matt? No, I hadn't, I hadn't heard this. That's interesting. Yeah, so some people were trying to get 
payout for spoken word comedy to be like mm. that for music because traditionally uh, I don't want to get into it because I really don't understand it. But basically comedians and people doing spoken word stuff were getting paid out only for part of the stuff that musicians were getting paid out for. Anyway, someone said, Hey, Spotify, why don't we start paying people out? And Spotify said, fuck you. We're taking down comedy and hmm. just yeah. proceeded to start randomly deleting stand up albums because they didn't want to pay it out, which is, Terrible. I'm absolutely shocked that Spotify would do something like that. <laughs> Major corporation that is famously uncool does something uncool. If I'm understanding, so they asked to get paid and then Spotify was like, no, I'm just, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. So, but what Spotify started doing is anything that had comedy as a genre, even if it was music, started to get got as well. And so my main source of income is the comedy bands I'm in and our music has just been fucking randomly deleted. Although what that really Jesus. means is it gets played everywhere else in the world and it's been great out in the U S and until we can change the genre from comedy to like rock or whatever the fuck, these albums will not come back, but we have to go through our distributor. This is not interesting, but the point is, my fucking albums got deleted. I did a yeah. bunch of other people's from playing in the U S I was talking to some other comedy bands about this endemic problem for everybody these days. And there's no easy way to get these back. That doesn't take forever. And since I complained about this last week, I've lost two, three more albums, Jesus, which are like, where the fuck are they? That's insane because it's hurting people like you and hurting people that like, you know, need people to hear their things. It's not necessarily yeah. hurting like Flight of the Concords or something or like Weird Al or whatever. Weird Al. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's not hurting the Lonely Island. That's right. Yeah. And that's the really frustrating thing is because they did this to be like, OK, well, like, fuck you. We're not paying Taylor Swift or something. That's right. Yeah. With the stand up stuff like, you know, it's like famous people that are getting their stuff taken down. But recently they started targeting like indies and small labels which is especially frustrating. We'll be okay. The music will show up in a few days, hopefully. But it's the dual frustration of having this taken down without notice or warning, and then also not being able to get in touch with the distributor. No one's on a fucking label these days. And just like classic indie artist kind of problems. And I can watch our Spotify numbers. Like I've been checking it to see if the albums come back up. The numbers are just like dropping like a brick because the songs aren't there for people to listen to. Right. Jesus. Like in the last couple of days, we went from, I don't even, I'm going to make up some numbers, but it was like 380,000 listens a month to 370,000 or something. Like 10,000 just dropped off. You know, Brian, I think I have an idea stupid. of how you can remedy this and really get back in Spotify's good graces. Yeah, which tell would me. Be to call them out publicly and really make us think about it. Have you thought about potentially shaving your head, right? Mm -hmm. Getting the Spotify logo tattooed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Acquiring drugs from wherever and then just like really starting to talk out of your ass on this show, like even more than you already do. Like, let's say... Oh, I like this. Yes. I don't know. We can get some real... That is good. COVID remedies. Yes. We can get some real rising stars in the... Um, not see, you're already about the skeptics community, but we could push skeptics a little further. Maybe like conspiracy thought and like maybe mm -hmm. platform some pieces of shit who like maybe should not have any platform whatsoever. I think Spotify would 
instantly bring it back and give you so much money. We can give people a platform that don't give them a platform back. Yes. Because cancel culture has ruined comedy and we can take all these people who have been canceled. I'm so glad that you guys brought this up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, I wish I could just talk you about it. You can't say anything anymore. Surely no. we can all agree on But that. you know who I think would actually be a really great guest for this new turn for the show? Yeah, tell me. The hookworm guy. <laughs> of course. Wait, wait, wait. If we of search this guy, guy and add a certain name afterwards, will we find? <laughs> Did we say his name? No, we on purpose didn't say his name. I haven't thought about it since we looked it up before. But in my mind, his name is Jismaine Sisquane. And I don't think that's right. It was something <laughs> like that. Jismaine Sisquane. Does that? If that is your name and you're listening, please let us know if that is a human name. <laughs> I regret to inform you that I searched it and the guy's name. And I can't tell you the level of joy I would have had if we suddenly had like a full name of podcast episode featuring name of hookworm guy. Yeah. Like I would have lost my mind. We're being so subtle. There's no way to ever figure out what, what we're talking about, you know? Yeah. Try cutting through this uh, code we've cracked. <laughs> uh, lemon. Who else has got a lemon? My lemon is that I am tired and a boring person generally, and I work constantly, and I'm so tired. And then this podcast is a small sliver of what I do generally. And so I work, and then a couple of times a week we record and we do other shit. And I always feel like every single time we record, this is a meta lemon, I'm skating in like, here I am. All I've been doing is working and sleeping and playing video games. I have mm -hmm. so much to talk about. And I just constantly <laughs> feel like I am repeating myself. And I guess that's having a podcast. Look, I really don't think that's true, though. Like, we, we have topics Thanks. that come up, but I don't think you repeat yourself. Thanks. Look, Layton, the moment I think you start to turn boring, I'm out. I just drop and I have no contact. <laughs> no more podcasts. So you'll know. You're blocked wow, on every platform band. and you can't call me. Okay, okay. Yep. No, it would be worse if you didn't block me and you just start gradually muting my audio or like cutting out my contributions <laughs> to conversations until eventually it's all just night yes. with Brian Wecht and it's solely That'd you great. talking. That would be mm -hmm. fun. I like that a lot. Anyway, so my lemon, I feel less bad about it now that we're into a record because it's always like before a record, I'm like, I'm a fraud. I have no juice. I have nothing. And now we're having a great time and I'm having like a wonderful no. time and I feel Layton, okay about it. You are what they call in the business a super talent. So don't you wow. worry about it. I think you're the best. I wasn't fishing, but thank you. All right. That's my lemon. It's not even a lemon anymore. It's just sort of like there. All right. Matt. Lemon. Citrus. Citrus. <laughs> Citrus. Yes. Okay. The other day I had like almost like a nervous breakdown when I was recording a show because my Zoom crashed it mid recording and I wasn't on the show. So it wasn't like for me, it was, I was recording the host and the guest. Which is almost worse, right? Yes. Immediately worse. And so I was just like, oh my God, like, I know that they're both recording their audio, but like, say they pressed record and mm. then forget. That's not mm -hmm. like a systemic thing that I had to deal with often, but it, you know, is not something that yeah. hasn't happened. So for what felt like five minutes, and it was honestly probably one, comparatively, my Zoom was just not doing anything and then had a connecting signal and wouldn't turn back on. I had to force quit everything. It started um, converting audio and then I had to get back in there and then they were still going, which is good, right? right. They were still going, yes. which is good. And... I checked both their audio. They both had it. But I guess my lemon is, don't scare me like that, Zoom. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah. Or just software in general. Can we maybe just calm down and do what we're supposed to do? Yes. I shouldn't have to turn my computer on and off to make it work. Well, that's how I got in trouble today. Yeah. Because I was trying to open the Universal Audio console so I could turn on. There's no fucking mute button on this thing. And I normally have the mic muted. So I was like, oh, I'll turn on the mic so I can hear my own voice. Didn't work. I'll just restart the computer. Well, no. I guess I can go fuck myself because the computer ain't restarting. Yeah. And then when it did restart, logic wouldn't it's like it's just like, can we just do the thing we're here to do? I feel like software issues cause more emotion in me than things in my actual real life that I should yes. probably have feelings about. Like way more intense. That's not good. Absolutely. You know, there's the DSM five, which outlines all of like the mental illnesses that you can have. I'm waiting for mm-hmm. the DSM six to come out. So it's gonna be like, all right hot new mental illness just dropped yeah. and they're all, they're all internet and software based. Well, the, the other thing that drives me nuts specifically is being late for something. So the idea that when I'm just sitting here waiting for this computer to start watching the minutes tick up on my clock, it hits four o'clock. I was like, fuck. If I'm 30 seconds late to something, I feel like a consummate ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being 30 seconds late to a Zoom is the new being 15 minutes late in person. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also it's the new not being 15 minutes early. Because if you're not early, you're late also, right, which right. is like not yeah. toxic workplace. Yeah, I need to be sitting in the call by myself for minimum five minutes or I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Totally. Now I would say that's my lemon. Cool. Hell Yeah. All right, so those were our lemons. Now it's time for Peaches, where we'll each say three things that are fun, happy, exciting, that are good, that happened, or that are going to happen, or one day I'll nail it. (laughs) I'll run through mine. Great. My first peach is that I've got some mint chocolate chip ice cream in my freezer, and I haven't had some in like 10 years, maybe, because I just don't go out of my way for it. And Brian, I was afraid when I was buying it. I was like, mm-hmm. I know I remember enjoying this, but as much as Brian talks about how much he hates mint-flavored things, what if I eat this again and I hate it? Should I just not get it and then preserve the platonic ideal of a mint chocolate chip ice cream? Doesn't take away from my enjoyment if you love mint chocolate no, chip No, 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 but we have a mind meld on some things. She likes it. I hate it more. That's yeah. like how you <laughs> That's, right. That's the dynamic of the show. That's one of my favorite ice creams. Oh, hell yeah. My daughter too. She loves it. It's her absolute Wow. Favorite. So your daughter has taste. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, by the way, I like mint flavored things. I don't like mint chip ice cream. Just he doesn't like it because it's this. it's fun and people it's like it. It's too much angry on the tongue. It's already cold, angry on the tongue. Mint, yeah. too angry. I just love those thin chip slices. Like, I love it. Greener the better, too. Yes. The green is like a psychological element of it. It needs to be unnatural. It When yeah. it's like the thin little chippies of chocolate. I also love a big fat chunk where you're just like figuring sure. out the shape of the chunks. At You're like, oh my God, this one's big. Like, What's going on here? Yeah, no consistency here. Uh, yeah, I guess you're a wild card. There's nothing better in like an <laughs> ice cream, like cookies and cream or whatever, when you get a full Oreo in it and you're like, oh, oh fuck. Yeah, yeah, when they fucked up and put the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's the best day, yeah. I can't believe we haven't complained about this on the show because I feel like this is maybe like one of my big lemons of all time. Mm -hmm. You buy a pint of ice cream. It's Mm -hmm. expensive. The top, Mm -hmm. mm, yummy, lots of things. We've got like a caramel. We've got a little chocolate bit. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so much enjoying this beautiful treat of this pint of ice cream that I paid too much money for. Oh no, now I'm halfway done with a pint of ice cream and there's no shit in the bottom. 
Mm-hmm. It needs to be distributed. Why do they not front load some shit on the bottom and then put ice cream and then put more of it? When I get halfway done and it's just regular ice cream, fuck you. I mean, that's gravity. I- like, you can't control <laughs> gravity. Your lemon is with a fundamental force of nature. Like, yeah, take it I'm up sorry. with Isaac Newton. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm the fool, I'm the fool. At least with a mint chocolate chip, you know what you are getting. It is all the way through. It's not like a Ben and Jerry's, which, you know, I enjoy. I love buying the Tonight Dough ice cream and then putting my thumb so I don't have to see Jimmy Fallon's dumbass face. I'm more of an American dream guy. I avoided it for a long time and I finally tried it. It's great. The little waffle bits. I would be remiss if I didn't briefly mention a Ben and Jerry's thing I've been chasing for 25 years which is I went to, on a trip from college, when everyone else was going off for their like grad, was a senior year graduation trips, <laughs> I didn't get invited to anything and neither did another friend of mine. So we went to the Ben and Jerry's factory in Vermont. Wow. Which is not exactly your like college, you know, bacchanalia that everyone else was experiencing. <laughs> but they have like a flagship store there in Burlington and they had a flavor which was glazed donut. It was vanilla ice cream with like donut holes in it. Mm-hmm. Glazed I like donut that holes. is a donut hole. That's a donut hole. They're real big. <laughs> it was so good. And they never took it beyond that. It never came out. They never did anything with it. And oh man, I've been looking for that glazed donut ice cream forever. Wow. That sounds heavenly. I hope one day you find it. But also the concept, like I get that they should exist and I like the company, I guess. But like the idea of a brick and mortar Ben and Jerry's just feels wrong. What? When I purchase a pint, I have plans. I have plans. No, I don't want to eat Ben and Jerry ice cream flavors in full view of other people. That's not yeah. what it's for. It's for okay. me okay. in my Fair underwear, sure. in sure. my kitchen, mm-hmm. chowing, all right? Great. Not in public. I don't think I could taste the flavor of like a Cherry Garcia in public and not feel deeply ashamed. It's private. That's the way they wanted it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, that was my first peach and then all that other stuff. My second one is really great peach for me here because I can't actually say what it is. Just saying my professional life is like popping off. So hell yeah. As somebody who is constantly like, you know, I'm going to lose my money and I'm going to die. And that's happening tomorrow. And if I don't Mm -hmm. spend every Mm -hmm. waking moment grinding, I will fall over and die and be dead. And also, (laughs) why would anybody want my services? I have nothing which is some bullshit, but I'm in a rare moment where it's like, ha I got him. And I can't say what it is. So. Nice try, everybody. <laughs> 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 yeah. And then my third peach is a Reddit comment. You'll never hear this again, but oh, I was wow. reading the classic trio of I just want to watch a trash fire subs of Am I the Asshole?, relationship Mm -hmm. advice and relationships Mm -hmm. as I check every morning with my coffee to see what the hot goss is and try to find at least one single real story within all of the creative writing exercises by children. (laughs) But there was one, I forget the original context to the post by now, but one of the comments with advice resonated with me so much that I wrote it down on this thing and stuck it to my computer and I'll read it. 
The nature of life is such that suffering will chase us. Joy, though, joy is not inevitable. We can avoid it. We can fail to turn our faces toward it. We can block it out. We can deny it. Joy won't chase us like suffering does. If we don't choose it sometimes, if we don't walk directly towards it, we will not have it. If we just let whatever happens to us happen, what will happen is suffering, if only because joy doesn't self-propagate like suffering does, but also because denial of joy turns into suffering. Thank you, Reddit user Fetish, Fetish, Fetishist. I was waiting for, for the username on that. Yeah, great. <laughs> That's a great quote. I like that a lot. Yeah, it resonated with me. And I usually hate that kind of shit. I hate, you know, like, oh, choose joy, chase joy. But I was reading it with my coffee this morning and I was like, damn, shit. All right. I love it. So yeah, those are my three peaches. Fantastic. Someone else. Matt, you want to go? This is huge for me. I've never left the country before. I got a passport December of 2020. Great time for it. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm going to be leaving the country at some point this year, and I'm very excited to travel outside of the continental United States. So that's like something that I've just always wanted to do and just never nice. have had the opportunity to do so. Or And also was not allowed because I didn't have a passport. You're not, you can't right. do it. <laughs> so that's a peach for me. Another peach, I revisited the original God of War. Mm-hmm. Wow. And... It's still so good. I was playing it on the PlayStation Plus service now that they have like streaming games on there. They had uh, the original one there and I was just sort of like on a lark, just like, oh, let's just see how this is. And then I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. whoops, I finished it. (laughs) I I did all of it. (laughs) And like nearly 100% of it. I was like, oh, I just went through all of it, like from muscle memory, basically. Got all the Gorgon eyes and the harpy feathers and just explored every nook and cranny in that game. And just had an absolute blast with it because I'm excited for Ragnarok. Those are some of my favorite games ever. So I guess just me having a good time playing God of War is a peach. And then my final peach, I guess it's that last month got stricken by COVID-19 and had it. And it was basically fine because I was vaccinated and boosted because uh, I believes science Um, (laughs) and because of that uh, my symptoms were not too bad and so my peach is I've been enjoying the moments where I can be outside more because when I was inside boy oh boy that sucks that really sucks when you can't go outside and you're not allowed to was that your first COVID My first bout with it, yes. My girlfriend is a healthcare professional. She's a speech pathologist and would see COVID patients and stuff. We were just dodging it left and right the entire time. And then I got it and then she got it. So for all of June, I was basically inside. So it was nice to take some steps outside, go to the beach once we were all in the clear and just like (laughs) touch sand, touch the ocean, (laughs) see the edge of the earth. That's the new iteration of touch grass, touch sand. Touch sand. Yeah, Yeah. because you have to really go out of your way. That stuff's not everywhere. Yes. (laughs) That was a 40-minute drive to get to some sand. (laughs) So that's my very sincere peach is that, you know, despite getting the scary virus, happy and healthy, and hope everybody that might run into it is okay too. That's great. I'm glad it wasn't too bad. Yeah, Yeah, it was annoying. It was majorly inconvenient. A lemon, you might say. (laughs) But it's amazing that we're at a point where it is merely a lemon and not devastating catastrophe. Exactly. Yes. It's because medicine is good. (laughs) Yes. And they did a good job with it. Brian, I can already hear Spotify removing the rest of your backlog. It's gone now. 
this bold stance that we've taken on this show. This episode will show up with the like, click here for COVID-19 information. <laughs> You're right. That, happened that to will us. happen. It happened to us on Get Played. It was really funny. <laughs> I was like, we talked about it for like one minute. I was like, I just said I had it. We're doing like a little comic book for my band and we posted a panel of it, which is like two guys sitting on a couch talking. That's yeah. it. On Instagram, COVID-19 morning. Like, for information about COVID. And I was like, what? it's a drawing. They probably weren't six feet apart in the drawing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Brian. Peaches. Yes. Go. Peach number one. My wife is busy tomorrow, which is not the peach. But my peach nice is peach. that I get to spend a full day, dad-daughter day. And I'm going to take my eight-year-old daughter, Audrey, to the beach because we haven't had a, a beach day in a while, speaking of the beach. And it's going to be awesome. And she's very excited. So um. go maybe get some clam chowder at Neptune's Net, which is her favorite thing in Malibu. Ooh. She likes the bread bowl full of clam chowder and have a nice little uh, parent-kid day. Peach number two is I had some really productive writing sessions for the band this week. Our producer, who normally lives in Nashville, was back in town, all got together, wrote some great new songs, and I think we're getting close to a new album. So that's it's been a while since we've all been able to get together in the same room. For this project, writing remotely just hasn't worked because it's music. Like, you know, you got to play stuff and get the real-time thing. Oh, yeah. So that's very exciting because I think we have two more songs and then we have an album, which is great. Wow. That's huge. Yeah, thanks. And that will be our 12th album, maybe? 11th? Something like that. First, according to Spotify. Yeah, right. (laughs) And you know what? I'll just say this. Even though I wrote it down, it was my peach. I wrote, system update did not create chaos, which (laughs) was a peach when I wrote it. And then I tried to boot up my computer again to get on here, and it didn't work. So... Oh, well. But I'm treating it as like a peach because the computer started and the equipment technically does work. So There you go. Very zen, are, zen mindset those are my of you. Peaches. Thank, that's what I do, Layden. I appreciate the gifts and I don't dwell on the tragedies. A moldy peach is still a peach, you know? Thank you. Thank you, Matt. I can't believe that I did like a, <laughs> I'm not going to say what my peach is because my career is so cool. That's fine. No, I'm also fine with it. But right before I got on this call, I received my 3D printer in the mail. Oh, shit. And Whoa. So lots of stuff's different for you now. This very is excited. That's right. Now you can print a career. <laughs> now I can print a career. Uh, I'm so glad that it got here on a Friday and now I have the weekend to just yeah. fuck. I mean, it's going to be me setting it up and then sitting there and staring at it for like nine hours. Is it print something this big? Yeah, because they also take forever. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Have, do you have something in mind as the first thing you're going to 3D print? I... I gun, so right? I, We're all thinking gun. Oh, yeah, gun. Yeah, gun, sure. 100%. Gun. <laughs> but I do my own like 3D art. Oh, great. And there's stuff that I want to print. I've like designed a bunch of like little keycaps for my keyboard. I've also been working on, I made like a little Animal Crossing amiibo, but it's Ghostface like as a cat in Animal Crossing. Wow. And I'm so excited to print that and paint it. But the way that you have to prepare files, especially with like a resin 3D printer, is that you need supports and you also need to make sure that like the normals are facing the right direction. You also don't want any pockets where like resin could pull up and not cure correctly. Sure. I kind of just want to find an STL online of which I've already like saved a bunch of and just print somebody else's model that I know will be fine and not break my heart on trying to print my first whatever. So I did find a figure of Isabel Animal Crossing with a shotgun. 
Yeah, that's an immediate print. It's close enough to gun for me. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check it out. Yeah, you have to print this. The way she's holding it is not how I was suspecting. <laughs> like the gun is not proportional to her body. It's supposed to be diagonal no. too. You would think, right? But there's so much shit out there that it feels so the future is now that you can go on Thingiverse or whatever and just scroll through things and be like, all right, I can just print this. This is mine now. This exists. This is a keycap yeah. with a portrait of The Rock on it. Dude, Brian, I was wow. going to send for a Despicable Awful Prime Day. Jarrett, can you please bleep me saying Prime Day? Thank you. <laughs> uh, one of those like 3D pens was like super marked down and I was going to ask you if I could buy it for Audrey and then I just didn't do it. Can you believe this thing exists? No, what a world. There are also 3D printers that print candy. Like edible candy? I can't know that. Yeah. You're going to have to make me forget that somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to 3D print a memory wiper for Men in Black, and it'll function perfectly. Yeah. Thank you. Sadly, we are at the end of this episode. Time to 3D print the end of this yes. episode. <laughs> yeah. Boom, podcasting, done. Matt, where can people find you? Oh, I mean, on the greatest website of all time, twitter.com, you can find me uh, at Matt Apodaca. Great. I have fun there, losing my mind. I was actually just answering a bunch of questions today. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, so that was fun. And I guess Instagram, I don't really post on Instagram that much, but sometimes I do. I'm mostly in the stories on Instagram these days, same Matt Apodaca. Ephemeral. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, here's some information that... <laughs> Gone tomorrow. You didn't see it. You weren't there. Yeah, too bad. <laughs> then, yeah, the podcast that I work on, Get Played, is over on Earwolf. You get that wherever you get podcasts. And we also have a spinoff show on Patreon called Get Animated, where we are right now watching uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. And this is my first time oh. watching it. I've never seen it, actually. Yeah. It's very good. I hear that it's fucked up and that we're getting to some of that stuff imminently and my co-host heather it's her favorite anime of all time so we started there and awesome. we, basically every episode of the show we discuss two episodes of evangelion so tune in for that because it's a lot of fun because heather knows everything about it and nick and i don't uh so we're sometimes <laughs> wow. making funny guesses being distracted by things that are unimportant to the show mm -hmm. it's on netflix that's my assessment of the show so far, that, is that it's good. Great. And if people want to hear your Weezer podcast. <laughs> oh, yes. If for some reason you're like a sick freak and you want to hear that. Um, <laughs> it's called What's With These Homies Talking About Weezer. And it used to be a weekly show. I went through all the albums and then caught up to where they are now. And now they're doing this thing where they are putting out four albums this year. I've already covered two of them. They're Seasons Project. So I've done Spring and Summer. So fall and winter are coming next. So those will be out around the starts of those seasons. So if you're interested in that, and who knows, I actually might be recording something for that soon because I said that I would, um, but I also might not. So I don't know, uh, but check it out. All the backlogs there. <laughs> Amazing. I, fun guests like Scott Ackerman, John Gabris, Tiny Newsom just did it. It was great. Oh, she's great. Yeah. I have an ongoing mini beef with Weezer. Layton, which oh, I believe I've Jesus. talked about on the show. Don't, don't do this now. No, no. Let's just say... So my band, in addition to original comedy albums, just cover albums, it was where we would do a cover and it would be very popular. Mm -hmm. They would do the same cover. This happened like three times in a row. We did a video with Finn Wolfhard. They did a video with Finn Wolfhard. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't want to accuse anybody of anything, but it seemed like a little bit more than a coincidence. 
not to give them the benefit of the doubt, but is it possible that somebody in your organization was committing a pre-crime somehow? <laughs> I mean, I, I do plan to commit a pre-crime <laughs> at some point. It's like a pre-pre-crime, of course, which is right. one level, one level beyond. But to be fair, that's a good question. I have not ruled out foul play. Sure. Yeah. Something could be afoot. We don't know. <laughs> Look. It's a leaky bucket over here, and there's some loose lips going around. I don't know who has Weezer's phone number. You got to be careful with your ships in that case. You know what? I'll make some calls, and I'll get the interrogation room ready. I have a lovely interrogation table right over here, as you can see. Oh, good. Actually, if you got interrogated at that table, it wouldn't be so bad. You're like, oh, I'm not in that much trouble, am I? I turn off the sign for the interrogation, though, because it's not affiliated with the podcast. Brian, how have we never treated that setup? I think maybe it's different when it's the low angle of you sitting at your desk, but now it's the mm -hmm. high angle. It feels really intense. Like we need to set up this podcast as if we were interrogating people. Because like that, that little idea. banker's lamp is yeah, perfect. That's what want to Can we get like an ashtray the there? Yeah. And also like shittier chairs and like a nice AC or like fluorescent hum. And then mm -hmm. we can like, mm -hmm. you know, really slam on the table and harass the witness. I like that. What's your lemon? <laughs> Peach cop, lemon cop. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. my God. Yeah. What's copping? Oh, come on. Oh. Uh, it was right there. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to issue an ACAB. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Thank you. I respond Thank in you. kind no, with an course. ACAB. Yes. I, was, I was really trying to hold myself back from answering what's copping with something just absolutely horrible. So, yeah. No, but it's fair. We can interrogate people out, Nothing of note. outside of police <laughs> environment. Right. Yes. That'll be our goal. That's so they'll good. just be ad hoc interrogations. Mm. Yeah. It's sort of like a hobby of ours. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a community interrogation. We've all yeah. done uh, A mutual Great. aid interrogation. That's good. Yes. 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 There's no way it'll go wrong. It's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> We're good people. We're fine. Listen, anyway, there are just a yes. couple of bad apples, and the rest of us are fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. A couple of bad peaches. Jesus, this yeah. is such a That's horrible. Threat yeah. to fucking end this episode on. <laughs> Matt, we've both been looking forward to this so much. Yeah, dude. And this has just been a real fucking delight. So thank you. I had a blast. I really appreciate you guys asking me to be here. This was a lot of fun. I would do this again in a heartbeat. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'd love to have Fuck you back yeah. on sometime for sure. So folks at home, thank you so much for joining us for this wild, wild ride. This Mr. Toad's wild ride. I promise this one wasn't about like, you know, doing sins and going to hell or whatever. Matt, sometimes we like to leave a little tidbit for the get audience to think about or like reflect on. Yeah, I should have made this clear at the top of the podcast. Like, <laughs> Matt is the guest. Yes. The audience are the people oh. who are listening. <laughs> oh, yeah. You said you did 125 of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right, yeah. Hey, you know, I'll figure <laughs> it out eventually, maybe episode 300. But Matt, do you have any words of wisdom or advice or I don't know, Please end the show for me so I don't have to do it. Uh, do I have any advice? Just be nice. It's like very easy to be nice. You don't have to go very far out of your way to do it. It's free. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like just be nice and listen. Listening is important. You got to do that. I'm trying to do that more. I think that's great advice. I love it. And you could listen to more episodes of Late Night with Brian <laughs> White on your favorite podcasting yeah. network. And that's the end of the show. See ya. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Leighton Knight is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Knight, on Instagram at Leighton underscore Knight, or email us at LeightonKnight at gmail.com. <laughs>